have it on. We ready to go? There it is. I like that song. Amen. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we uh, forget to realize how wonderful that name is, the name of Jesus. Hey, we're in a study tonight over in the book of Hebrews chapter 3. If you have a Bible, just a little ring on that. If you can just help me make that adjustment, I'm going to trust you with it. You know, as we get into chapter 3, what we find, of course, is Jesus is greater than Moses. And that's uh, pretty astounding. And I'm going to get that clicked on there and we'll get her going. You know, if you're reading your Bible, and I hope that you are, we, we study some things. We have some uh, little lessons over there if you're interested in them that you can write down some of the stuff we're going to be talking about and looking at. And uh, Hebrews is a great book in the Bible. Now, for many of you, you're, you're way ahead of me. Many years ago, as a university college student, I came to Christ. Maybe you're in this room tonight and you've never trusted Christ as Savior. I hope that uh, tonight would be a night where you'll trust him. Some of you are just uh, dabbling around with it. It's a nice place to go and meet people. That's all right. Nothing wrong with that. As long as you meet the Lord in the process. I was invited to church by a girl. She asked me to go on a date. I said, I'll go. She says, if you go to church with us, I said, who's us? She says, my mom and me. And I says, oh, well, I guess that's all right. We will make you a steak lunch. And I said, steak lunch, I'll go anywhere for a steak lunch. <laughs> and so I went to church for the first time, a, a Baptist church. Now, I wasn't like you. I didn't grow up in church. So when I went into church, I, I didn't know that you could leave anytime you wanted to. I thought you just had to stay there for the whole thing. And I didn't get a seat in the back. They put me up in a certain area. I thought that was where the sinners sat because the pastor looked at me the whole time and talked to me. And I said, for sure, this girl has given this guy my number. And there I was listening to this stuff and hearing about the Lord and trusted Christ as Savior. You know, sometimes in life, you, you're not sure what's happening. I, I was waiting for the holy rollers to roll down the aisle. That didn't happen. Somebody did yell amen, and I thought, well, it's going to break loose any time now. But it didn't. And so I, I grew up uh, with a wonderful family that loved me, as dysfunctional as they are and uh, were. Uh, I was able to lead my family to Christ. And uh, God used us in a wonderful, amazing way. I wasn't an unhappy sinner. Uh, you've heard me every now and then I say this. I was the happiest sinner you ever met. I was just fine. I was going to hell with a smile on my face, but I didn't even know about hell. And when I heard about Christ in heaven, I said, that, that's for me. And trusted Christ as my Savior many, many years ago. And for these many years, I've been living for the Lord and had my first revival meeting in 1972. Can you imagine that? And I thought, man, so that tell you how old I am. So one, two, 72. And God has been good to me every day. Now, I must admit that life isn't always easy. You're going to find that out as you get a little older. Uh, life won't be, some of you are going to get married and, and some of you are going to get unmarried. <laughs> some of you wish you didn't get married. Some of you are going to face things. You're going to face problems in life. Someone's going to get sick. Someone's going to die. Someone's going to have problems. You're going to have a real life in front of you. Some of you came into this place 
and the environment that you left, we would be amazed if we knew where you came from, the heartbreak and sadness that you face, the sadness that is yours. And some came from wonderful places, and God is blessed in a wonderful way. And so as we look into this book, we call it the book of Hebrews. Uh, I've got just one thought out of verse 1, but I would encourage you to read all of the chapter. It's a pretty good chapter, by the way. And looking at it, we find some things that are interesting. In fact, one of the themes throughout the book of Hebrews is this term, better. Jesus is better than the angels. He's better than Moses. He's better than the high priest. He's better than the law. He is better. And sometimes we think, well, if I live for the Lord, I'm not going to have any fun in life. My life is over. No, not, not at all. Your life will be a wonderful life, a great life that will be lived. And so as we look at some things, let me give you just these thoughts. And I, I promise sooner or later, I'll get to Hebrews for a minute. But if you learn these things, this is what I had to learn. The first thing I had to learn is the Bible is about people. If you begin studying people, you begin studying people, and then you begin studying places, and then you study things. You begin learning the Bible. I spent an entire month one time just studying David, king of Israel. I was amazed. I was a young law student when I was saved. I was telling a guy in church one time, I said, hey, the Bible's talking about Israel, and there's a war going on in Israel. He said, same, same. I said, what? I said, the Israel in the Bible and the Israel in Israel is the same? He said, it is. I saved up a little bit of money, got an airplane, flew to Tel Aviv, took a trip. I didn't know they had tours. Rented a car, drove around Israel. I didn't know they even had tours. That's how dumb I was. I got out of the airplane and I saw a star and I said, hey, what's the star? And guys, what? And I said, hey, bud, what's the star? He said, that's the star of David, king of Israel. He's a Jewish guy. I said, same guy in the Bible? Same guy in the Bible. I said, you're kidding me. How did I miss that? Star of David, King David. I went to a place called Jerusalem. I went to a place called Golgotha. I went to an empty tomb in the garden. I traveled around and saw some things, and I thought, my Lord, help us. And so I studied for a month just about different people in the Bible have a little notebook. I went through all the names of the Bible, all the guys whose name or ladies whose name begin with A, and then who begin with B and C. And you say, well, what are you doing? Well, I got a whole life to do this. What, what, no hurry, right? You'll be amazed when you study the Bible. And you'll do yourself a favor if you learn something about people and some of the dumb stuff people do and some of the smart things people do. And then you'll find this, that the Bible's interesting, and it's going to be a blessing to you when you understand these things, when you understand its purpose. The Bible has a purpose, of course, our relationship with Him. If you don't have that right, the relationship with each other is never going to be right. Never going to be right. Never. Oh, you can make it, massage it out, make it work a little bit, but it won't work right. So you understand the purpose of the Bible. You recognize the principles that are there. I remember reading about David fighting Goliath. And I said, what's that got to do with me? Who cares? Some guy beats up a giant. So what? Why? What? But then I found out that there are principles there. And I make these principles. And my third point for me was I make it practical. How does that fit Jim Black? How does that help me? Studying the book of Hebrews, how does, how does that help me when, when we find out that Jesus was the great builder? He was the son. Moses was a servant. Who is Moses? Who is Jesus? 
Where is Jerusalem? What about the Ark of the Covenant? What about people, places, and things? What's the purpose of the book? What are the principles taught there? How can I make that fit in my life and make it applicable to me? And you'll be amazed when you get up in years the Lord tarries his coming. You'll be stunned to find out what happens in your life. I love it that Mitch is teaching you doctrine. Sometimes we don't like doctrine. But I learned this early in life. By my doctrine, I can, you might want to write these four D's down. I picked them up years ago. By my doctrine, I can define what it is I believe. I believe in heaven. I believe in hell. I believe Jesus is the Savior. I believe he's crucified. Here's what I believe. And I can define by doctrine. By doctrine, I can defend what I believe. A lot of people can't defend. You say, well, I remember my sister called me one time. She says, Jim. What do, we, what do you believe about this? I says, why? She says, I've got somebody at the door asking me questions, and I don't think we believe that. I says, what do you believe? She says, I don't know what I believe. I was with some racers up in, Indy, in Indiana at a place, at a boat race there, and, and uh, these big, fast boats, and we're in a very interesting place. And a guy says, look at that big boat. That boat is big as Noah's Ark. And the guy said, there's no such thing as Noah's Ark. That's the stupidest thing ever. And the guy yelled across the parking lot, Jim, do you believe there was a Noah's Ark? And I said, I, I do. And the guy said, you're crazy. And, and, and pretty soon we had a study about Noah's Ark in a hauler. I'm the only guy I ever had a study with people smoking cigarettes and drinking beer. I said, man, that's a, that's pretty, can I give me another beer? What, 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 how'd they get all those animals? Wow, wow. By doctrine, you can define, defend. Then you can, the next one is you can begin living it out. Demonstrate it. We hear the old song. I heard it a long time before it was a song. Your walk talks and your talk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. Yeah, I heard that a long time ago. Yeah, our talk talks and our walk talks, but our walk talks louder than our talk talks. My mom and dad came to Christ. My brother, who was a songwriter and very talented, died very young. Great songwriter out of Hollywood in Detroit, Michigan. In those old days, they had groups of people in Detroit. And, this very, and he was involved with all of them, Goga and all that group. And he said, Jim, I've watched you for a while, and this thing hadn't wore off yet. And so we can demonstrate, and then we can distribute. Number four, we can distribute. We can win people to Christ. We can invite them to things like this, where they can hear the Bible and learn some things that are important. And so we find the Bible's purpose and principles are important. In the chapters one and two of the book of Hebrews, we find Christ's deity and humanity being expressed. And that's a very interesting. I saw that doctrinal phrase the other day that I think you must have been teaching. And it's very interesting, God in flesh, very interesting. The sinless God. Jesus came out of, because of the virgin birth, out of Adam's bloodline. His father was God. No sin of his own. Therefore, he could die for my sin, die for your sin. The God-man. God gave us, he didn't redeem us with angels. That's what chapter 1, he's better than the angels. But what we find is some things that are interesting. Now, this is interesting. And I'm going to chase another rabbit for you, and then we'll be done. And you can say, well, I, I bet that would have been a good study in Hebrews if we had ever got there. 
Hebrews is very interesting when you think about this term Hebrews. Some interesting thoughts about Hebrews. The term Hebrews is used 45 times in the Bible, well, at least in the King James. That's where I started. That's kind of where I got everything memorized. I know you have different versions. And uh, it's important. What's interesting about Hebrews is that the origin of the term Hebrew itself is perhaps uncertain. It derived from the Hebrew word, the word Eber, Heber, or ever. A Hebrew word meaning the other side or to cross over. Interesting. We're studying the book of Hebrews. Shem, the father of the children of Eber, the brother of Japheth, uh, even to him were born children. And so we run down Shem, Shem, Japheth, and Ham. Huh. You know whose children they, they were? Anybody remember? You ever hear of a Noah? Interesting. But when we get down here, we run down to this guy's name, and his name is Abraham. And so we follow this family line to Abraham. This is a very important man, Abraham. He has a son named Ishmael. He has a son named Isaac, Esau, Jacob. And it's interesting when you think about Abraham. Now, I'm only saying this to say that Abraham was a Hebrew. We're studying the book of Hebrews. It's not making coffee for real, even though people think it is. There came one that escaped and they told his name was Abram, the Hebrew. So we're studying the book of Hebrews, and sometimes even our Jewish friends don't even know what a Hebrew is. A guy told me, he says, Jimmy, you know more about my Bible than I know, and I'm a Jew. I said, well, you ever read it? No. Well, there you go. And, and so when you look at it, the first time the identity of a Hebrew is re recorded in the Bible is chapter 14, where Abraham is called a Hebrew from perhaps Eber. And we find that means one that's crossed over. Abram was the first man called a Hebrew. And by the way, his descendants were called Hebrews. Doesn't mean much unless you're like me. I have a study like this and I'll have 15 or 20 Jewish guys. I'll have 15 or 16 Muslims. I'll have a bunch of Christians and a bunch of people who don't like anybody. And the only reason they're there is they think that they don't want the other guys to get a jump on them by going to a chapel. Joseph was a Hebrew. Joseph, we find the Bible, it says he's the one that got accused. His boss's wife got his coat of many colors and said, he tried to get fresh with me and here's his coat and that Hebrew, that servant is mocking us. Joseph was called a Hebrew. Moses was called a Hebrew. That's interesting. And when we see it, we, we look down here and we find that Moses is in a little ark. Not the big ark, a little boat. I thought, man, that ark's been everywhere. I remember one time I read where they carried the ark down the Jordan when the priest's feet touched the water, then the waters parted. I said, if they're carrying the ark, how could they get all the animals in the ark? Different ark. But he said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. And these women, they're pretty, pretty rough when they're having a baby. You can't just take their kid and kill them and drown them. They're, they're pretty, pretty tough. He was a Hebrew. Abraham was a Hebrew, but listen to this. I'll mess you up now. But he wasn't an Israelite. Bing. And he wasn't a Jew. He was a Hebrew. 
Now, what's interesting about that, Jacob was a Hebrew, but Jacob was the first Israelite. Remember, his name was changed from Jacob, deceiver, supplanter, to what? Israel, which made him an Israelite. So he gets to be a descendant from Abraham. He's a Hebrew and an Israelite. And all of the Israelites' family are interesting. Judah was a Hebrew, an Israelite, and he was the first Jew. If, unless you want to say, well, Abraham was the first. Because they called the Judeans, those coming from Judah, they said, we're tired of saying Judah, it's so long, we're just going to call him Jew. No joke. And so all of a sudden, we have these people that are following. In fact, we find that Jesus was a Hebrew, Israelite, Jew, and the greatest of all before him and after him. Hmm. If you're not a Hebrew or Israelite or Jewish, then you're a Gentile. It's a very interesting study when you think about the term. And now we're reading the book of Hebrews. Now you get a little idea of what's going on with these following Abraham. By the way, Abraham is important to every Jewish person. He's important to everybody that follows the family of, of Islam, Ismael. And so we find it to be interesting. And so he's greater than all of these. Now what we find is this, if I can get over here, the three or four things that we need to look at, and then we're going to get to the verses. The Lord wants us to consider him. In the book of Hebrews chapter 3, and we begin reading down in verse 1, Wherefore, my holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ. This apostle is one, the word apostle means one that is sent. But here's one sent from God. He is the ultimate apostle. He is the ultimate high priest. He is going to make intercession for us. He is going to offer and pray for us. And he said, I want you to consider me. As we read down, we continue down, and, and he talks about this. He says, for man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses. And then he says something that's interesting down in verse 8. He talks about this, and he, and he says this to, to each of us. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When all of a sudden the people didn't believe God and they said, well, God isn't going to, this isn't how we want to go. We want to go our way and their hearts are hardened. And then he says to them in verse 10, he says, I want you to learn the ways of the Lord. I want you to learn about me. I want you to follow me. This is all in Hebrews chapter 3. And if you understand the provocation, if you understand the wilderness wandering and the purpose for this and why they're wandering and why people that are 20 years and of age and are going to die, every one of them got to die. It wasn't like they were just, oh, to where we go. 40 years, we just wander around. Yeah, I hear the comedians. I've been around. I've heard them. Ironside once was quoted, he told his mom, he said, Mom, if I believe this and trust Christ, he's, he said, my friends will laugh at me. To which his mama said, Harry, they may laugh you into hell, but they won't laugh you out. Listen to me. 
Don't let this world bother you because you don't know all the answers to all their questions. All you got to say is, I don't know. But I know what you believe in, Drew. I had a guy say, well, I don't believe. I believe in evolution. I said, how'd that happen? He said, you know, man came out of the dirt. Oh, okay. What do you believe? I said, I believe God made us out of the dirt. So somebody here is cuckoo. In the beginning, I said, where'd the dirt come from? He said, well, it's always been there. Where'd God come from? Always been there. In the beginning, dirt. Or in the beginning, God. I'll take God. Learn God's ways. And then he says, take heed that there isn't in you an unbelieving heart. Now, through all of these verses, 19 verses are some cool things. But what's important for us to look at is he says, I want you to consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ. He is the apostle. He is the high priest. I want you to consider him. Now, in Jim Black's life, this is the only thing that keeps me going. I was the first one saved in my family. I mean all of my family. I mean, in my family, I had a little Polish grandmother and she was having her last baby when her oldest girl was having her first baby in the same hospital. Yo. I said, y this is your aunt? You're, you're 10 years older than that kid. Now, what I'm saying to us is that considering him in this world that we live in is important. And so what we find is this word consider is the word to fix our attention upon them. Close scrutiny. Consider this. Think deep about it. Listen, don't get blown out of the saddle because some drunk guy makes fun of you. Or some girl says, well, I'm not going to date a guy that's a Christian. Bye. <laughs> or vice versa. Listen, I've been laughed at enough and been made fool of enough for everybody in the room. One thing about getting to be my age, eh, no big deal. Used to bother me things, oh, what about that? I thought I had to convince everybody, had this law degree, and I had to convince everybody. I had to prove, because the first verse I read in the Bible says, the faith is the evidence. I said, evidence? You mean there's evidence for this? You mean this isn't some leap like crazy man jump out? There's evidence? I understood the word evidence. And off I went. My first Bible was a great big blue family Bible. I mean huge. Big as this. I mean huge. I came walking in my house one day and my dad said, what in the blanking world you got? I said, I got the, he said, why don't you just get a Bible like everybody else? I carried that thing around with everybody. My friend said, Jim, man, what happened to you? I said, man, I got saved. I'm going to heaven when I die. How do you know? Well, because the Bible says so. Where at? I don't know. Somewhere in there. Listen to me. And what I began doing is I got my face and I got looking closely at Jesus. You know how you can handle all the problems you face in life because you got a good look at who Jesus is. Hey, when they say, hey, guess what? Your, your mom's got cancer. Hey, guess what? 
Your brother died in a car wreck. Hey, guess what? Your wife is sick. Guess what? You better have a good look. You better, you better make sure that this is true. My son said to me as a little boy growing, he, he, had, he had a horrible life. He had to go to church every Sunday and go home with the pastor every week. And one day Jimmy said to me, Dad, what if we're wrong? What if this isn't true? What if this is just crazy? And, and, the, and the lessons began. And we got gazing at who Jesus was historically. History tells us there was a Jesus. The Bible tells us why. And so we fix our gaze upon him. Listen to me now. Not glancing at him. That's what most of us do. Oh, I praise Jesus. We take a look at the clock. Take a glance. But when you get a gaze... I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I tell you one thing I have figured out. I, I trust in him, and I've taken a good look at him. Historically, prophetically, biblically, emotionally, doctrinally. And so what you have to do in your life is you have to learn. Listen to me now. Not just take a quick glance, but to, to gaze, to look upon him and think about who he is and what he's done in your life. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. This is not just, this is looking. 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 In John, the Bible says that the men of the Galilee, they said, sirs, we would see Jesus. You know your problem? Verse 1 of chapter 3, you haven't considered him. If you do, you won't be knocked off by every little whim that some professor gives to you. I taught high school Bible to all of my kids all the way through high school, three days a week, every week, on top of doing pastor job. Because I didn't want my kids to go off to school and the first week get blown away with the professor that's waiting for them. I'm going to get this kid. I'm going to ask him a question. Get him out now. No. No. Looking at Jesus. Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called Pharaoh's daughter. That was that Hebrew we talked about. He chose rather to suffer the affliction of God's people than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Listen, sin is fun for a while. Somebody says, oh, sin's no fun. I don't know what planet you're living on. But it is fun for a season. For a little while. And at the end. And so what we find is this. And here's how Moses succeeded. He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect under the recompense of the reward. He understood what was valuable, what wasn't valuable. And here's what he did. He endured as seeing him who was invisible. Now that's crazy. See the invisible man. Yeah. He saw him. Let me encourage you to do this somewhere in your life. For you. Not for anybody else, but for you. In a few minutes, I'm going to be gone. I'm going to go outside and get in my car, if it's still there. And I'm going to drive house to my house. I'm going to give me a glass of tea, pull my chair up, and see what's on the news. Give my wife a kiss. 
and uh, I'll be out of your life. Next time I see you, you might say, hey, uh, uh, Joe? Uh, Jim? And I'll just say to you, hey, buddy. <laughs> but what I'm talking about is for your life. Consider him. Look upon him. The great intercessor. Read Hebrews 3 and find out why is he greater than Moses? Why is he better than the angels? Why is he a better high priest than Aaron? What is this all about? I asked a guy, he said, I don't believe any of that junk. And he told me about it. And I said, do you believe there was a temple in Jerusalem that was destroyed in 70 AD? He said, everybody knows that. Evidently you don't. Why was it there? Because of Moses and the tabernacle and David in the temple with Solomon? Yeah, true deal. And so what we do is we think about these things. Now, I'm going to, on your paper, I'm going to let you go. How can you purposefully and confidently focus on, how can you, when you sit around your table, how can I, how can we, how do you get a buddy or a friend to help you with that? How, 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 what are the signs in your life when your heart's growing calloused, when you, you're getting a hard heart? When nothing moves you. In fact, the Bible says we get the forehead as a harlot. It doesn't use the harlot word. It uses a real hard W word. When you never, nothing can make you blush any. Nothing bothers you. The little girl, when she first got married, she would disrobe and she, oh my, I'm so fashionable. Turn the light on. But after a while, she was the prostitute and she didn't care. Nothing bothered her. Sin does that to you, by the way. Make you so callous, nothing bothers you. Your neighbor can go to hell, doesn't bother you. A guy called me the other day and said, Jimmy. I said, hey, man. I said, who is it? He says, Jimmy. I said, Jimmy Bolton? He said, Jimmy Bolton. I said, Jimmy, what are you up to? I went to high school with this kid. He said, I just want you to know that I'm praying for you. I hear Sandy's got cancer. And I said, yeah, I remember talking with you. I remember winning Jimmy to Christ, high school kid. And he says, hey, Wayne's got cancer, throat cancer. It's going into his brain, Jim. I remember winning Wayne to Christ. I told Wayne, I said, Wayne, I want to tell you about heaven when you die. He started crying. I said, what are you crying about? And this guy was like, he was real tall. In those days, he had a big afro like this, looked like a matchstick. I said, why are you crying? He said, he said, you are my friend. I said, of course I'm your friend. He says, no. He says, I don't know if I believe in heaven and hell and any of that. But he said, if you do and you believe there's a hell, no friend would ever let a friend go to hell without telling them. Unbelievable. Is your heart calloused? You say, well, I'm in this for me. That's why you shake hands and say hello to people. It's not the easiest thing to do. Can the Lord... Ways be learned. If it can, how and why? And they can. And then, of course, how can you receive and give godly exhortation in difficult times and tests? How can you receive encouragement? And how can you give encouragement? That's what Hebrews is talking about, man. How can your life make a difference in somebody's life? It's a wonderful book. Great study you're in. Worth your time. 
worth you to get your iPad like I do. I used to have notebooks, now I have an iPad. Can you imagine? I can write down, it goes right in the file. Right on my phone. Right on my watch. I'm like Mr. Cool. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I can't believe it. My kids said, Dad, I even have in my office a dot matrix printer. <laughs> me, 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 me. Oh, oh. What's that? Yeah, I, I, I still have it. I got a wonderful Windows program. It's old now, 1978, in my office. Bing, 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 bing. Oh, yeah. And, and I have an iPad, too, so I'm, I'm really, like, out of my element. I can't run anything, but I can't find it, but I know it's there somewhere. Let's live for the Lord. Amen? Let me pray with you, and we'll break up in your groups. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. As simple as it sounds and as quickly as we say it, we do need you for time and eternity. In this room, there's enough potential to change the world. They said one time, these that have turned the world upside down have come hither also. I don't know who is before me, but I'm sure there's some wonderful people with great potential. And they're going to face great attacks. Give them some friends that they can exhort and they can be encouraged by. Help us to love your word. Help us to consider you the great one sent from heaven above, our great intercessor, our high priest. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not sure if you died, you go to heaven. You can be sure. Preacher gave the invitation when I was a teenager, not a teenager, but a grown man. And I said, yes, maybe right here where you're at, you would say, Lord, I need you as Savior. God's been dealing with you, and you need to trust him. Maybe a simple prayer, as simple as it sounds, and a heart that's important, you say, dear God, I trust you as my Savior. Help me to live for you, love you, and serve you. We'd love to help you with that in your walk. Let's let God have his way. Heavenly Father, bless us tonight. Bless these who we love and pray for, and that pray for us. Help them to have strength, your wisdom and power, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I'm going to try and power through this as you can hear. So, But this time is so important. I want you to take what he just preached on, and I want you to now talk about it around your tables. So if you didn't grab one of these papers, he has the questions on there again. So that's what we want you to discuss. We give you plenty of time. But more importantly, there are leaders around this room um, that want to have that conversation, that if you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, they want to talk to you about that tonight. Um, or if you're curious about the next steps and what that looks like, there's leaders around here who want to talk to you. Um, and so let's take that time, and I'll get up at the end. We'll close out. Um, but just take this time to really dive in, to really consider what Pastor Jim taught, right? Not just glance at it, not just answer the question to be done, but consider the questions Consider the text, and let's dive into it. Amen? Amen. All right.